0: Radicalization of People with Gender Dysphoria By Pam Long In the wake of multiple shootings involving people with gender dysphoria, it is appropriate to discuss the mental health disorders and the pharmaceutical drug interactions contributing to suicidal and homicidal behavior. Nashville, Tennessee school shooter Audrey Hale, 2023, identified as transgender. Colorado Springs, Colorado nightclub shooter, Anderson Aldrich, 2022, identified as non-binary. Highlands Ranch, Colorado school shooter, Alec McKinney, 2019, identified as transgender. Aberdeen, Maryland right-age shooter, Snokia Mosley, 2018, identified as transgender. Social media speculates the Uvalde, Texas school shooter, Salvador Ramos, 2022 was a crossdresser. Gender dysphoria is a mental illness which often has other psychiatric comorbidities and history of childhood sexual trauma. These mentally and emotionally vulnerable individuals who are preyed upon by unethical medical providers for profitable sex change procedures are also likely targeted by groups for radicalization resulting in violence. As I write this, Fort Collins, Colorado is hosting a Trans Day of Visibility on March 31, 2023, and nationwide groups are promoting a Trans Day of Vengeance on April 1, 2023. The rhetoric, die-ins and genocide, and weapons graphics on shirts associated with these events demonstrates a radicalization very similar to Antifa. Medical Malpractice Despite the cultural effort to normalize transgender as a lifestyle choice, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM, classifies gender dysphoria as a mental illness. In the $1 million cost per person for gender transition, I previously detailed the lifelong costs of hormones, pain medications, heart medications, antidepressant drugs, prosthetics and successive surgeries for the medical experimentation of sex change procedures. The adverse outcomes include infections, incontinence, surgical complications, chronic pain, sterility, and shortened lifespan. Medical providers who profit from gender-affirming care use emotional blackmail that alleges sex change prevents inevitable suicide, but the data does not support that transition decreases suicide risk. Sex change procedures by both hormones and surgeries violate the ethics of do-no-harm-for-profit. These procedures are especially egregious in minors. Statistics Who is targeted for sex change treatments and surgeries? According to The Lancet, 2022, individuals who were white, privately insured, or from higher median income zip code areas proportionately had more gender dysphoria-related codes. The research shows low rates among people who cannot afford $1 million in gender-affirming care non-white, publicly insured, low-income households. According to the Journal of Adolescent Health, 2016, a survey reported 2.7% of high school students are uncertain about their gender identity. According to Suicide and Life-Threatening Behavior, 2016, a chart review from a transgender clinic in Cincinnati found that among patients aged 12 to 22 with a diagnosis of gender dysphoria, 58% had another psychiatric diagnosis, 41.8% reported self-injurious behaviors, and 30.3% reported at least one suicide attempt. Self-injurious behaviors are highly correlated with physical and emotional pain, which strongly suggests that these individuals are victims of abuse and trauma. Trauma and AMP, Transgender People with gender dysphoria commonly have childhood histories of abuse and sexual trauma. A 2021 national study published in Pediatrics reported that among transgender adolescents (TGA), 73% reported psychological abuse, 39% reported physical abuse, and 19% reported sexual abuse. The study concluded that violence and victimization is widespread among transgender adolescents and often encountered early in life. Cross-sex hormones and surgery will not provide trauma relief to people diagnosed with gender dysphoria who were sexually abused as children. Surgery to remove sex organs re-victimizes the abuse victim. As reported in Childhood Sexual Abuse, Gender Dysphoria, and Transition Regret, Billy's story A Detransitioned Adult Billy describes childhood sexual abuse by a coach, exercising to extremes and dressing in his sister's accessories to escape the pain in his mind, and hating his male genitalia as a result of the abuse, with this key point. Too many therapists rush to prescribe radical hormonal and surgical measures before diagnosing and treating the psychiatric disorders shown to coexist in the majority, 62%, of gender dysphoric clients, depression, phobias, and adjustment disorders. Billy's story illustrates the importance of digging into why a person wants to surgically alter his or her body and not assuming that cross-dressing or role-playing as the opposite sex means that children need a sex change. Newsweek's Might Trauma Affect Gender Identity provides several examples of celebrities who identify as transgender or non-binary with histories of physical abuse, childhood-slash-adolescent sexual abuse, and absent and or divorced parents. Transgender Miss Nevada Cataluna Enriquez suffered parental abandonment and survived physical and sexual abuse. Non-binary singer Demi Lovato is a child of divorce and reported being raped as a minor. Transgender actor Elliot Page is a child of divorce and reported sexual abuse as a minor in Hollywood. Non-binary musician Sam Smith is a child of divorce and reported experiencing violent sexual abuse throughout childhood and adolescence. Queer Eyes Jonathan Van Ness is a child of divorce and reported sexual abuse as a teenager. Transgender Sports Illustrated model Lena Bloom was raised motherless and reported being raped as a child. Transgender boxer Thomas Page McBee reports years of violent sexual assault by his father starting at age four. Autism and AMP, Transgender Nature reported that transgender youth are three to six times more likely to be autistic, significantly more likely to have autistic traits and less empathy than neurotypical peers, and have elevated rates of other neurodevelopmental and psychiatric conditions. The validity of this finding requires understanding that there are 3 types of autism: 1, classic autism with severe disability evident by age 3 in cognitive, social, and behavioral functioning; 2, Asperger's syndrome with mild impairments in social functioning and high cognitive functioning; and 3, neurodiversity, which is not recognized by the DSM, claimed by adults who often have numerous problems in life by their own choices and identify with undiagnosed autism when it suits them. Most people with classic autism would not be able to complete a questionnaire on transgenderism due to lack of reading and comprehension skills, with 30% being nonverbal. While it is possible that people on the autism spectrum are targeted for gender-affirming care due to their susceptibility to manipulation, the research indicates that trauma is correlated with gender dysphoria do not conflate the intellectual disability of autism with the mental illness of transgender individuals. Furthermore, people with a DSM-criteria-based diagnosis of autism do not have the intellectual ability to plan or carry out violent mass shootings. The suicide prevention myth to coerce gender transition Resistant parents to gender transition are commonly told this myth, access to gender-affirming medical care is associated with a lower prevalence of suicide thoughts and attempts. The American College of Pediatricians and the myth about suicide and gender dysphoric children outlines nine points to refute this myth. 1. Suicide risk among trans-identified youth is less than or comparable to that of other at-risk groups of youth. 2. Children with gender dysphoria often also have depression, anorexia, autism, and other psychological conditions predisposing them to suicide. 3. Prevention of suicide for trans-identified youth is the same as for other youth, talk therapy and FDA-approved psychiatric medications. 4. The most up-to-date research shows the effectiveness of psychotherapy for resolving gender dysphoria in children and adolescents. 5. Puberty blockers actually cause depression and other emotional disturbances related to suicide. 6. Cross-sex hormones, testosterone for women, estrogen for men, may disrupt mental health. 7. The most reliable research shows that, in the long run, medical transition does not reduce and may even exacerbate the psychological distress that could lead to suicide. 8. Suicide is prone to social contagion, meaning the more it occurs and is talked about, the more likely vulnerable kids will kill themselves. 9. Trans-identified teens may be encouraged, by social media and members of the transgender industry, to threaten suicide if their parents resist medical transition. Risk factors for suicide for the general population include the following, lower educational attainment, unemployment, lower income, failed relationships, psychological distress, alcohol and drug use, poor general health, disability, homelessness, and arrests. The poor health and social outcomes from sex change surgery, cross-sex hormones, and puberty blockers are likely to increase suicide risks. Mental illness and AMP, gun control laws. The Gun Control Act of 1968 prohibits people with mental illness from possessing firearms under the following criteria—persons committed to mental institutions or adjudicated as mentally defective, persons subject to certain domestic violence restraining orders, and persons convicted of misdemeanor crimes of domestic violence. With the transgender shooters, this law does not apply to people with a mental illness who are being treated as outpatients and not in mental institutions. The Gun Control Act of 1968 also prohibits firearms possession to people with illegal drug use or addiction, however pharmaceutical companies are providing legal SSRI drugs which also have suicidal and homicidal ideation as side effects. The pharmaceutical industry spin Pharmaceutical companies use medical associations and hospitals to voice the message that guns are the problem in gun violence and mass shootings, not their drugs with black box warnings such as SSRIs, antipsychotics, and opioids. The pharma message repeated to the public is that people with mental illness are not violent, but more likely to be victims of crime than perpetrators. The American Psychiatric Association made an official 2018 statement on position statement on firearm access, acts of violence, and the relationship to mental illness and mental health services, with no mention of the role of prescribed drugs in gun violence in the entire statement, and instead suggested six different gun control bills, which have all been introduced in Colorado. Many deaths and injuries from gun violence can be prevented through national and state legislative and regulatory measures. Recognizing that the vast majority of gun violence is not attributable to mental illness, the APA views the broader problem of firearm-related injury as a public health issue and supports interventions that reduce the risk of such harm. The Association of American Medical Colleges also promotes messaging that mental illness is not contributing to mass shootings, even mass shooters, who might seem most likely to be driven by mental illness, don't necessarily suffer from major psychiatric disorders. Instead of advocating for medical schools to teach future clinicians to screen for suicidal or homicidal ideation from psychiatric drug side effects, the AAMC recommends medical schools should universally teach future clinicians the skills necessary for discussing firearm safety and to use ERPOs to limit access to firearms. Kaiser Health News responded in lockstep with pharma messaging to the Federal Gun Control in the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act of 2022 and also omitted any mention of the role of prescribed drugs in gun violence. While mental health advocates are happy Congress is authorizing new funds for their cause, they also expressed concern it would continue to perpetuate the idea that people with mental health disorders are largely responsible for gun violence, although research shows that's not the case. Only 3% to 5% of violent acts are committed by individuals with a serious mental illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. People living with mental illness are more likely to be victims of violence than are members of the general population. Potential for radicalization Are young transgender people being radicalized? Andy Ngo tweeted on March 27 that he observed a disproportionate number of suspects in the 2020 BLM-Antifa riots were transgender. Is there a transgender genocide or epidemic of violence that justifies a trans day of vengeance? Matt Walsh tweeted on March 29 that the FBI reports two transgender murdered heirs in two zero two one. Is it plausible that the same doctors and therapists who conduct unethical medical experimentation on the bodies of traumatized individuals would also manipulate their minds for radical political agendas? In the last week of March, there were transgender-coordinated protests at the capitals in Kentucky, Missouri, Montana, Oklahoma, Georgia, Minnesota, Colorado, Texas, and Arkansas. The combination of social isolation and mind-altering drugs with unethical handlers holds potential for radicalization in vulnerable youth seeking identity. Fox News reported that President Biden issued an official proclamation declaring that transgender Americans shape our nation's soul and established a holiday relating to the group this week. Only time will tell if the proclamation for transgender activists to be visible is actually a dog whistle call to become violent as dozens of states attempt to pass legislation to ban transgender medical treatments in minors.